0: You know, when someone speaks from the Word of God and someone is anointed by the Holy Spirit, you just know it and you feel it. And so, Marley, that was awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you for also praying a blessing over our businesses. I think, um, you know, we, we visited Marley actually yesterday at the Inspire Market. Um, and so it was so incredible for me to just watch so many people, so many local people here in Vintuk, really use this time, as she was saying, to come up with something creative to do something to provide for their families, but to also provide something new to our... (laughs) That's when you know the anointing. The posters will come off the walls. And so I think that's a really incredible time. And I know that God God has got something for all of us in this season. And we really believe that so many new things will be birthed, including for our church, Um, you know... I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but we are just trusting the Lord for increase. Amen. And so we want to encourage you, you know, in the weeks to come, invite someone that you think would actually enjoy coming to our church services, you know, church. i not, there's a lot of people around the church who are not actually in church at the moment. Um, I think it's important that wherever we get planted in the house of the Lord, you need to feel like it's your tribe. You need to feel at home. You need to feel welcome. You need to encounter the Lord's presence there. So, we want to encourage you, bring people, we've got incredible word from the Lord of where he's taking us and where we are going, and I know Johannes is bursting at the seams with vision for all of our outreach, different things we want to get into. We may have been delayed, or we feel like we've been delayed by COVID, but actually also as Marley prayed, I really believe the Lord is going to accelerate us in this season like never before, amen? Amen. Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Okay, I'm also bursting at the seams as every week um, because I'm excited about the word this morning because... We've been doing a, a series of teachings with our team in the evenings. It's called the Liberating the Human Spirit course. We're doing it every Sunday night. And by the end of July, we'll finish with our team, and then we want to open it up to the rest of our congregation. And we will share more of this in the weeks to come. But it's an eight week course, but it focuses on the Word of God, obviously, but it focuses on the key truths. That the enemy wants to try and deceive the children of God on. And it's about anything and everything that tries to keep us bound in our Christianity. In other words, it's anything that tries to keep me from living in the potential, the freedom, the healing, the prosperity, and everything else that the kingdom of God promises us in the word. And one of the topics that we started speaking about last week is the topic of righteousness, The righteousness of God. And you know, I don't know about you, but whenever you... Now it's such a big load, it seemed like a very complex topic and something that was very difficult to understand. And so I would quote scriptures like, I am the righteousness of God, but I never really understood what it meant or what is the practical outworking of that in my life. Um... And so it may feel like a theological topic, but I'm praying that the Lord would help me this morning to just unpack it in a way that can make it palatable for us, that we can see how this actually impacts you and me on a daily basis. And, you know, the heart of, of Johannes and I is that we will bring words on a Sunday, we, our team, anyone that, that shares, you know, on the platform, that it would be something that will help you practically in your Monday to Saturday. Because who knows, we can bring a great theological word on a Sunday, but if it's not going to help you tomorrow when you're out in the world where you need it, then that's not going to help you. And so I pray that this word would be practical and that it would be helpful to you or to anyone that comes along your path that you are maybe discipling or that you are ministering to or someone at your job or, you know, sometimes people like to ask us questions about church and about the Lord and about our Christianity before they come to church. So it's good for us to also be equipped when we go out and people ask us questions. All right, so the Living Word mission is to build a loving Bible-based you know, kingdom community or it's more to establish a loving Bible-based. There's a specific focus on the kingdom for us because when I look at the teachings of Jesus, when you look in the four books of the gospel, Jesus always taught about the kingdom of God and even this morning as Marley was sharing around the word she was teaching a kingdom principle of being contained a kingdom principle of giving god an opportunity of crowning him in our finances and so we want to continue with this theme of kingdom teachings because we believe that's what jesus taught on and so we spoke about the community in acts 2 weeks ago and then or oh, 3 weeks ago where are we end of june we, no one knows what time we're in. Anyway, it was somewhere recently. And then we started speaking about this particular scripture after we spoke about community. And we started speaking about the joy of the Lord. And so I want to read firstly from Romans 14, verse 17. And this is the key scripture that, ooh, yet it's verse 17, not verse 7. Have you got verse 17? Otherwise, if you've got a Bible, open your Bible it's always a good idea to bring a Bible to church, or if you like to scroll, some people like to scroll. Um, if you've got the U version app, we've got our notes on there as well, so it should be there too. But it's no problem; I can read it for you. Romans 14, verse 17. I'm going to read from the Amplified, and it says the following: Where is is it? Oh, you're just legions. Okay. After all." The kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes. In other words, the things that my natural body needs, my flesh. The kingdom of God instead is righteousness. Everyone say righteousness except when it is hardness. That's the your heart and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so we spoke about joy last week. Or the week before, no, last week was Father's Day, Johannes Preach. Anyway, we spoke about joy. Today I'm gonna speak about righteousness and next week we are gonna speak about peace. And those three concepts are very, very important for us to cement in our hearts and in our Christian journey. We need to understand, number one, the kingdom of God is the righteousness of God and we're gonna talk about that today. We need to understand how to receive the peace of the Lord and how to walk in peace Amen. And thirdly, we need to understand the joy of the Lord. And these things are all supernatural things of the kingdom, but it is ours by faith. Amen. So I want to read a second scripture to you, Matthew 6, verse 33. And this is also a very good one. And here, Jesus, remember we spoke about, I think in the lockdown, we spoke about being worried, not a warrior, but a warrior. And the key scripture the Lord spoke to me about, and I feel like he's, he's bringing the same things. Everything is tying in together. The messages are not disconnected from each other, was this scripture. And he was speaking about, don't worry about the things that your body needs. As she was saying, you know, what you need for your finances, the bills at the end of the month. Don't worry about those things. Instead, Jesus said, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom, and his righteousness what is that his way of doing and being right and then all these things taken together will be given you besides so i want to speak about the righteousness of god this morning opinion and i don't know, look at the state of the church in a global sense so in other words i'm not saying our church i'm not saying the church next door I'm not saying your home church in whatever place i'm saying when i look at the body of christ Often I don't see the church outworking itself, its mission, the way that the early church did. In other words, I don't always see in every church I enter that Christians walk around full of victory, full of faith with um, what is there that I wrote here? Joy, peace, faith, signs, wonders, miracles, true change and kingdom impact. I don't see that everywhere I go. But instead, sometimes I see a lot of things like lack, poverty, depression, sickness, disease, and hopelessness. Does anyone agree with me? Have you seen, I mean, we we see these things even in the church. So I'm not even talking this morning about people that are in the world that don't know the Lord. We're talking about the children of God in the kingdom of God. And I believe one of the key reasons, as we were just unpacking this with our team last Sunday night, and I was, you can ask your honest, all week I was on top of this theme and I was like, Lord, this thing, just break it open for me to get a fresh revelation on this. I believe one of the key reasons we're not seeing Christians walking in the full victory, children of God walking in their sonship, and all these things flowing out of them like it did with the early church, is because we don't understand the righteousness of God. And I'll prove to you why I'm saying that this morning. I'm hoping I will prove it. I believe that sometimes, the, if that's something, and there could be many reasons, children, of course, you know, conscious of their sin than they are of, of the righteousness that they are in God. We live with more of a sin consciousness, and maybe that's because in some parts of the body, that's what is taught. We want to change people from the outside. But we don't explain to them that change happens on the inside. We, and, and sometimes we as Christians for ourselves, if we don't understand the righteousness of God, then we want to try and fix ourselves before we go to God. In other words, I want to try and fix myself and make myself pure. I want to now stop sin, sinning and I want to sort myself out before I think I'm acceptable to God. But the Bible actually teaches that it's the other way around. And I want to focus on that this morning. And, you know, we spoke about, I think in the beginning of lockdown, we spoke about Ephesians 6, which explains the spiritual battle that we are in. Okay. As children of God, the moment you gave your heart to the Lord, there was a huge target on, the, on, the, on your back. Okay. Defiant is less The Bible says he wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. That's his mission. And what does he want to kill and steal and destroy? Firstly, he wants to destroy your identity. If you don't believe you are a child of God, you can't receive anything that God has for you. You can sit in church week in, week out. You can do all the conferences. You can do all the works that you want. But if you don't believe that you are a child of God, if you don't believe that you are righteous, that Jesus, his sins actually washed you clean, that you are a new nature, a new creation— then you will never be able to receive any of the kingdom benefit in the kingdom for your Christian life. And why? I think sometimes they are saying, well, where are the miracles? Well, where is the teaching on the righteousness of God? Where is the teaching of the kingdom of God? Are we teaching people what Jesus' sacrifice on the cross meant? Or are we teaching people that they must sacrifice themselves every week and try and do what Jesus already did? I think that's a huge challenge in the body of Christ today. And so I really want to pray that we will be that type of church that the Lord will enable us to teach the truth of his word in a way that we will be set free from the lies of the enemy. That we will be set free from deception. If the enemy comes and tells you as a child of God that you are worthless, that you can quote back scripture and say to him, you are a liar. Jesus calls you the father of lies. And I call you the father of lies because he is my king. And Okay? Now, what is the difference between religion, godsdienstige and righteousness? In Afrikaans, it's gerachtigheid. I believe this, this is what it boils down to. Religion is when I believe that I have to earn my righteousness. In other words, righteousness, remember we said my right standing with God. When God looks at me, he looks at an innocent person. He doesn't look at a sinner. He looks I'm a child of God. He looks at an innocent person. Jesus took my sin on the cross for me. Now I am declared not guilty. So when Jesus looked when God looked at me, he sees Jesus. But if I am stuck in religion, if I don't understand the gift of righteousness that I receive that gift on the cross, then I will always be in a position of religion. Religion means I try and earn God. I try Through church service, in other words, so pleased with me because yesterday I dropped a little lelijke woord, okay? Yesterday I was maybe a little bit nasty with my husband or with my children, maybe I was I got a little bit angry. Now, now I feel a little bit guilty. Now, in order for God to be right, me to be right with God again, I have to go to every church service. I have to serve in every church service. I have to go to every conference, okay? I have to attend every single gebedsgruppe and everything, and, and, and it becomes a to-do list of things that I think I must do. I must read my Bible for two hours, not an hour and 35 minutes, two hours, because only then God will be pleased with me. Only then God will look at me and think, okay, i So it becomes a place where I feel like I have to earn God's love. I have to earn his acceptance. I, in my flesh, me, myself, and I, have to do something to make him look on me favorably, to earn a blessing, to earn something good. Does that make sense? So it becomes based on works, on me, what I do. It becomes striving. It becomes self-effort. Now we get frustrated. I believe so many Christians wake up every morning and we feel guilty. And I've been there. Has anyone else been there? You wake up in the morning and you just feel guilty. I'm not talking about when the Holy Spirit convicts you and you go to the Lord and you're like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry, I missed it. Please help me, you know, grow in this area. I'm talking where you really feel guilt. You feel condemnation. You feel shame. Um, you feel like nothing. Sometimes Christians wake up every single morning and you feel guilty, and from that place, we get to a, I either draw away from and be pure, I, I, can't, I can't be this person that God expects me to be, and I'm not like other, the other holy people on Sunday, my life doesn't look like that, and so I think God is angry with me, I wake up every morning with guilt and condemnation, God is angry with me, and so either I go into works, or I go into a place of, I just withdraw anyway. And it's not that I'm an atheist and I don't believe in God. It's just that I don't know how to make myself right with him because I think that's what the enemy tells me every day, that God will never love me. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34, I don't think I gave it. Okay. Um, It says, awake to righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 34, if you're taking notes. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Okay. Many Christians are trying not to sin. And then they want to become righteous. That's not what the Bible teaches. It's the other way around. We first need to accept the gift of righteousness, understand who we are. That righteousness has now become my identity, it's who I am. Even if I sin tomorrow, we'll get to that. I am righteous. My stand and gerachtigheid, my position is righteousness. That, that needs to be cemented into our hearts. If that thing is cemented in my heart, then I will move from that place of identity. Then my journey in righteousness means I don't want to sin anymore. I'm walking in a completely new direction. It means I don't wake up with guilt and condemnation. Yes, Holy Spirit will convict me if I lose it today again. We're still not perfect. There's still a journey that we walk out our righteousness. But I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about righteousness. Understanding the gift of righteousness. This no belief, you just need to believe it in faith. That's all that's required. I need to believe. And if I believe that I am righteous, then my working out of my life will look very different. Sin will start to fall off. Things that were fun for me before is not fun anymore. Things that were good and pleasurable before is not good and pleasurable anymore. Everything begins to change when that switch happens. Amen? Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness, gerachtigheid, it is, so I'm very teachy this morning. Is that okay? teach lekker, So righteousness, it means I am in right standing with God. I am declared innocent. Okay, so if you're in a courtroom and you killed someone and you're in the guilty bench, an innocent person comes in and says, I will take the penalty on their behalf. And the judge says, fine, you can go. That's in a nutshell what Jesus did. So you are not guilty. The Greek word diakos, which is the word in the New Testament used for righteousness, it means the act of God declaring men free from guilt and acceptable to him through Jesus. What is the human nature? What is our human most basic need when we are babies, when we are born? It's to be loved, it's to be accepted. And I think this is where Susserl and Afrikaans say, This is where even in our Christian brothers and sisters, some of us believe that we are accepted in the beloved. And some of us don't. And, and where we stand on the, on the faith in righteousness of Jesus will be shown in 23, born into sin. Okay, but the Bible says that sin's wages is death. Spiritual death. So without going into all of that, we'll do all of that we'll do nicely in Liberating the Human Spirit, where we go through what exactly happened. Why did Jesus have to come? Why did he have to become the penalty for us? Why did he die for us? Okay, we'll explain all of that. But basically, God in his character is sovereign and just, and sin is destructive. And God in his justness said that sin, the consequence of sin is death, spiritual death. And in order, you know, Adam and Eve then spiritually died, and we were all born under the seed of Abraham. But when Jesus came, and he took that penalty on our behalf, and he said, I will die, and I will take the punishment that is there, the consequence of sin, he took all of our sin upon himself, and he exchanged it for his righteousness. Because remember, the Bible said that Jesus knew no sin. He came straight from heaven. And he, that's why they call it the divine exchange. He put all of our sin, humanity's sin, on himself, and he gave us his righteousness instead. Does that make sense this morning? And maybe we know this, but maybe it's a good reminder for us this morning of where we really are. And so because of John 63:16, because of God's love for us, he made a plan to let his own son be the replacement to take punishment on our behalf. And that's why we sang the song of Calvary this morning because the words of that song is so beautiful to me of how it explains what, what happened at Calvary. It was the divine exchange, our sin for his righteousness. I want to read you this scripture, and this really sermon. So if you hear any of this scripture, right now God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. So what is the law? The law is the 10 commandments that he gave to Moses. Amen? So God... Has shown us a way to be made right with Him without keeping all of those requirements, as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by how placing our faith in Jesus Christ, and this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Have I just got verse twenty-two? Okay, I have the rest here. Sorry. Okay, so this is true for everyone who believes, whosoever will, okay? Verse 23, if you are taking notes, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, none of us can get to righteousness on our own. Niemand al ishiehuheilig. None of us, no human could ever get to God's standard of righteousness. That's why Jesus had to give his, because we could never achieve it on our own. Nothing we can do could ever Verse 24, yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. Freely. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. Verse 25, for God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People, that's you and I, are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. And this sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and included them, that's straight, all of us, in what he would do the present time, fair and just. And he makes sinners right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. So what is required for us to receive the righteousness of God? We need to believe in Jesus. They say that the gospel is simple. And I think sometimes we want to overcomplicate the gospel. I mean, we want to make it so complicated and we want to make people feel that it's so hard for them to get into the kingdom of God. Yes, the Bible does speak about the narrow road, but who enables us to walk the narrow road? Holy Spirit, whom you receive when you become a child of God. So in other words, there's no need to strive for anything. And I think we are so hard on ourselves as Christians. We, we sometimes get to a place where we feel like I have to make myself right. I have to get myself into this place. Even if you've walked with the Lord for 10 years, you can so easily fall back into that trap of thinking my works will earn God's favor. My works will earn God's blessing. I know because I'm, I'm one of those people. I can, if I'm not careful, I can go very easily into works just because of my personality. We, we all have different personalities. But I believe God wants to remind us this morning that we just need to believe in Jesus. We need to look at Calvary. We need to think of Calvary. We need to sit in Romans 3, verse 21 to 26, and go and read it. Go and read it in five different translations. Go from the Amplified, which explains, Marlene and I love the Amplified, which explains some of the Hebrew and the Greek words, That was used originally, just to give you a wider context, so you can understand what it means, came down. And, you know, he made us right. Every other religion, you have to go and work for it. I remember I used to work with a friend who was a Muslim, and um, we used to have these amazing conversations about religion. For me, the word was relationship. For her, the word was religion. And she used to explain to me, and I said to her, well, when do you ever have peace that your God is happy with you? And she just looked at me. She'd never heard that question and she realized she's never been at peace. Her whole life, she was in her mid-20s because they have to work for salvation. They have to work to earn God's love. They have to work to earn God's favor. I don't know about you, but that's a terrible, that's a terrible way to describe a God. If that is the God that we sometimes think we serve, then that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not my Heavenly Father. So there's one condition, we need to receive it and believe it by faith. Like I said, that's our stand of righteousness. I wanna read to you Ephesians 2, verse eight to nine. And so I may be giving a lot of scripture this morning, but it's so good for us to dig into the truth because the truth sets us free, really. (laughs) Okay, so it says here, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ, salvation, through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving, but it is the gift of God. Not because of works, not the fulfillment of the law's demands, lest any man should bow or take glory to himself. We were all led to the Lord by His loving kindness, by His mercy, by His grace. And I think sometimes people are so scared. I, who else grew yeah, Maybe I won't ask you. Anyway, I grew up in a very traditional background. And so my idea of the Lord was always that He was this uh, stern, very angry man in heaven with a and you were just very sin conscious. And you, you just always, like I personally never knew what God thought of me. The idea of relationship was very foreign to me. I mean, my idea of religion was to just go and sit in a church service on a Sunday morning. my coin My mom always had these coins that we would toss into the collection plate. And I had to keep quiet. And that was it. That was my idea of God. And that's what we call religion. And um that's not the God that I serve now. And so 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21 says the following For our sake he made Christ virtually to be sin, who knew no sin. So Jesus was pure, he was the pure Lamb that was slain. Okay? So that in and through him we might become endued with, viewed as being in, and examples of the righteousness of God. And look what it says here. What we ought to be approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. So in other words, I don't have to, and I keep repeating myself, but, it, but I want you to get it this morning. I want it to be so cemented in right. Thank God if you accept Jesus by faith. And so he said there that we are the righteousness of God. And now I want to, so now we've spoken about our identity. Okay, our identity is our stand van gerachtigheid. This is my position. I am the righteousness of God. But now what is the second part of this? The second part is I still have a journey of righteousness. What does that mean? That means now every morning I wake up and I still have to walk out my righteousness. I have to walk and journey with the Holy Spirit every day so he can sanctify me. What does sanctify means? It means he makes me more like Jesus every day. I don't have to strive. I just have to choose him and give him time and listen to his voice and obey. Because the Holy Spirit will convict me when when I'm doing sin. And what is sin? Sin just means to miss the mark. Okay? So sin means it takes me off the path that God wants for me. And the Holy Spirit will convict me gently and loving to tell me, hey, Because sin has consequences that God doesn't want for us. It is destructive, it will bring death, it will bring all sorts of consequences into your life. So the Holy Spirit will convict. What is condemnation? Condemnation is not from the Lord. The Bible says in Christ there is no condemnation. So condemnation is when I wake up in the morning and the enemy will tell me, look at what you did again yesterday. You will never be good enough for God. It brings a feeling of shame. It brings a feeling of guilt. And it brings a feeling of worthlessness and hopelessness. So what we say to our team is that we need to find ourselves in a place where we can learn how to... Or a mom just pointing their children in the right way. Or the lying, deceiving voice of the enemy that tells me I'm worthless, I'm hopeless... I'll never be good, for no, good enough for God. He'll never love me. He'll never accept me, blah, 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 blah. It's the same train of thought that he keeps bringing over and over. He'll keep bringing the same lies. So does that make sense? The distinction between conviction of the Holy Spirit and condemnation from the enemy. So when we walk out righteousness, we need to look and listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit where he will convict and he will gently love and he will gently nudge you into the direction that God has planned and purpose for your life. That is, in essence, our Christian life, summed up in a sentence. But now listen to this. This is the good news. Okay, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. So just a few verses up. It says, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation. Everyone say a new creation. A new creature altogether. The old, in other words, the previous moral and spiritual condition, your old life before Christ, is gone. That's Some people need to hear this this morning. It's gone. Okay? Behold, the fresh and new has come. Now, that word creation in the Greek actually means, there's a few different meanings or outworkings of that word. But it actually means a new prototype. So in other words, a new creation never before created. So when I get born again into the kingdom of God, when I give my heart to the Lord Jesus, and I become a child of God, the Bible says I become a new creation. Whatever I did in my old life, whatever sinful patterns, mine, it can be as new as you want it to be. My sin, it is, has died on the cross with Jesus. Amen? Are you with me? My sin nature has died. Now... I have a new nature. I am in Christ. When you go and read through all of the books that Paul wrote in the New Testament, you can count how many times he wrote in Christ. Who are you in Christ? What can you receive in Christ? All of us, if we are born again, we are now in Christ. These are big topics, I know. It may seem simple, but it's actually huge, but it is also simple. No, confusing. Okay. But so this means that now I need to learn how to live in my new nature. So now, you know, previously I was a slave. Now I am a son. I'm a son and a daughter. We just use the word son, but it means sons and daughters. Okay. I'm a son of the most high God. This means that I have come from the world into the kingdom. So if you were maybe like Princess Megan, you know, she lived in the world. She married. Now she's royalty. But if you've never lived in the palace, if you've never been among royal people, you don't know how the royals live. You have to learn. You are royal by blood now because we receive Jesus' bloodline. We're a new creation, new prototype. Never before has anyone like you ever existed. Not even your old person, the natural person you were born, doesn't exist anymore. Your new nature is now royalty. So now you have to plant yourself in a Bible-based church. You have to learn the scriptures because now I have to renew my mind. Because who knows that when we are born again, our spirit man is new. That's my new nature. But my soul and my body, that needs to be, my soul is my, there's still some old thinking patterns that needs to be conformed and changed and renewed according to the word of God. So that is the process that we now walk, the journey of righteousness we walk out with the Lord. Does that make sense? Okay. And so the Bible says in Isaiah 43 verse 25, I and only I am he who wipes out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins anymore. When you are a child of God and you accept Jesus Christ's sacrifice and forgiveness on the cross, then that means Your old life and sinful patterns are forgotten. He says further in Psalm 103 verse 12, your sins are as far removed as the east is from the west. How far is the east from the west? It's so far, I don't know how far it is, but it will never meet. That's the point. It will never meet. So in other words, when you are a child of God and you wake up tomorrow morning and you've now missed the mark somewhere, like with Sam, now I'm rude to her. Now I wake up tomorrow morning and I'm guilty. Am I guilty or am I convicted? I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit. But if I wake up tomorrow morning and I feel guilty about what happened 20 years ago, did I really receive God's forgiveness? Do I understand that I'm righteous? Do I understand that that is the enemy trying to bring old sins in front of me to keep me in that low hole? Amen. And how will this revelation of my righteousness, oh my gosh, okay, last point, how will this revelation, this is affect my relationship right? with the Lord. Okay, and the effects of righteousness, listen to this, God gave me this scripture by Thursday, I was like, I don't think I've ever read this, and the effects of righteousness will be peace, where peace, internal and external, and the result of righteousness will be quietness and confident trust forever. Who awesome is that? When I know that I am righteous, when I know that I am forgiven, when I know that I am accepted in the beloved, then the effect of that will be peace. And Johannes is gonna talk about peace next week because we are still gonna talk about Romans fourteen seventeen. We can talk about this for the whole year and that will probably not be enough. But that means I can experience what righteousness produces. What does it produce? Peace. Quietness, assurance, confidence, boldness. The Bible says in Proverbs 28 that the, uh, the, lion, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Let me tell you, I saw a lion being bold in Etosha. That was scary. When you are bold as a lion, this is will I'll post a video and you'll see what boldness of a lion looks like. It's frightening. And that is what the enemy feels when you, as child of God, stand up in your righteousness, when you stand up in your identity, when you know who you are, when you know whose you are, and you know why you are alive, and you know why you are on this earth. God has given us authority. We need to rule and reign, but only as Marilee also said, where I give God an opportunity to rule and reign in my life. Amen. Come on, wonders, and boldness. We will see people get healed. We will see people set free. Demons and We don't have time to play church anymore. I, I know I can be too much for people, but I am excited because I feel like God wants to bring a fresh revelation to His church. To say, I'm not here to have you play church. We are here to see people's lives being impacted. We are here to see people set free. Okay, we are not going to live the life of a slave anymore. We are royalty in Jesus. a royal' a prince and a princess. We have to put on crowns. OK, And it, I'm not talking about inflating your self-image. I'm just talking about knowing. So I just want to pray this morning with a few people. I know we're a few minutes over, but it's OK. It's OK. this is important. This will change your life. And I am still feeding on a new revelation of righteousness for my own life. And so I want you to just close your eyes this morning. Forget about the people next to you. I just want to pray with two groups of people this morning. And I really felt that the Holy Spirit wants to touch people this morning, right where you are at. The first group of people I want to pray for is if you are sitting here this morning... And you maybe feel like, well, you know, this is great and everything, but I've actually never given, I'm not sure that I've ever given my heart to the Lord Jesus. I'm not sure that I've ever actually been born again. Just close your eyes. Just give everyone some privacy this morning. Focus on the Holy Spirit. Even if you have never given your heart to the Lord. If you have never experienced that born-again experience where you say, God, I, I need you to come and rule and reign in my life. I accept what Jesus has done for me on the cross. I want to get to know you. I want to be in your kingdom. I want to be called a child of God. Then I want you to just gently raise your hand so I can pray with you. If there's anyone here this morning. Okay. And then there's a second group of people that I want to pray for this morning. And I want to ask you to be honest. Okay, you're not being honest to me or to anyone here, but you are being honest with the Lord this morning. If you find yourself in a place where, and there is no condemnation and there's no shame in this this morning. If you find yourself in a place where you wake up every morning and you feel guilty. Or you wake up every morning and you feel condemned. You feel like your past is haunting you past sins, past things that have happened. And you feel like you can't get rid of it. It haunts you. Every day you wake up and it's like you didn't even realize it was the enemy, but it's in your thoughts. It comes back and you feel like you can't get rid of it. It's like a movie clip that's on repeat. Or if you wake up every morning and you feel you're just not good enough. You're not like all the people you see in church raising their hands and clapping. And I like, I'm also And you feel I'm not that. Or you feel you're not good enough for the Lord. Or you feel like you've got an area in your life that you are just struggling. It can be a sinful pattern. It can be an addiction. Whatever it is, you just feel like you can't get victory in that area. I want you to just raise your hand gently while everyone's eyes are closed. I want you to believe. How do you? And I want to pray a prayer with you. You make a choice this morning. And Father, I want to thank you for every person that raised their hands this morning. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Lord, and your word says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I come and I cancel every negative thought from the enemy now in Jesus' name. I cancel every accusation, every complaint that comes God in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that you will just pour out your spirit on them this morning. Lord, I pray that they will walk out of this place with the helmet of salvation, with the breastplate of righteousness, that they will know that they know that they know that they are God's child. And I pray, Lord, would you give them a new revelation of your heavenly fatherness in their life, your love for them as father. Lord, I pray that over them, and as everyone's eyes are closed, I just want everyone to to repeat this prayer after me. I'm just going to lead you in a prayer this morning. And everyone can just pray after me. Just say, Dear Father, I believe that righteousness is a gift from you. And I need to receive it by faith. Forgive me for allowing the enemy to lie to me, for holding my sin constantly in front of me for trying to earn your forgiveness through my own effort. I receive your gift of righteousness. I accept what Jesus did for me on the cross. My debt is paid. My heart will no longer condemn me. I am right with God. You are my father and I am your child. Please fill me with your precious Holy Spirit and teach me how to live in your righteousness in Jesus name Amen Amen Awesome church I pray that that word has blessed you and I want to encourage you if this was something that spoke to your heart any part of it go and read those scriptures go and find the notes again in New Version and allow the Lord just read through it One after the other, look up different translations, just sit in those scriptures, Romans 3, 21 to 26, and ask the Lord to show you something new. The only way that we can get freedom is by spending time in His presence and spending time in His Word. Take what was shared today, but then go make it your own. He loves you and He is for you. Amen. Amen.